refreshing the spring we're in the springtime right and spring is also um, a time of cleaning right so you spring clean um, so I, I do feel like this this word this morning is actually almost a, a prophetic word as well as a as a yarn <laughs> um, so I'll just get straight into it holiness the the Hebrew word is Kadesh which means set apart or sacredness so when we say something's holy it means it's been set apart right um, and we've been going through the book of Exodus the, the account of Moses and the Israelites leaving slavery <clears throat> and that in itself is an image of being set apart so um, the, the Israelites taken out of captivity and been set apart for a purpose to to work out God's plan and then on top of that you have these um, you know the Lord then sets up a tabernacle with Moses they set up these sacred holy things where um, the Israelites can inquire of God where Moses and, and the priests and Aaron can go into the holy of holies the set apart place to to talk to the Lord and we're now that place right I've spent most of my life not being holy and even when I came to back to Christ and professed I was with Christ I wasn't holy and I believe that God is calling us the Holy Spirit is calling us into a deeper place of holiness today and um, yeah and I hope that you have ears to hear that um, he's certainly doing it in my life and so I hope to impart that same thing in you guys today and <clears throat> so um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna read through second Corinthians 5 which might seem like a uh, sorry second Corinthians 6 which might not seem like a, a passage to do with specifically with holiness, but Paul is obviously run to the Corinthians, and uh, in chapter five he um, he's, address, he's he's basically saying, you know, telling you know, reminding everyone that we're new creations, that we have been put to death, and we've been brought back to life, and. Um, and that our, our, our hearts are now a new house, a new dwelling place for the Lord and that this house isn't made by men it's not made by our deeds, it's not made by our works it's made internally and it's made e- eternally by the Lord and, and, then he, and then he also goes on to, to say that we are now ministers of reconciliation and he's not just talking about himself, he's talking about all of us, like we're all called to be ministers of reconciliation. And that's reconciliation between God first, right? So it's not a deeds thing. We don't go out and go, how can I meddle in these and try and get these people to, to make up? It's reconciliation with God, you know, exposing uh, sin, firstly, in, in the world, you know, being ambassadors of the kingdom, and then... 
through that comes reconciliation with the Lord. So that's that's the previous chapter to six. So Paul's just addressed that. And so in Corinthians six, he says, Now <clears throat> working together with him, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. So God's given us he's provided grace, right? And to take it in vain means to take it and not do anything with it. You know, just to take it um, to not live out grace. Um, just to claim that we, I don't know, just in vain. You, know, <laughs> you guys know what that means, I think. For he says, in a favourable, so now he's talking, he's, this is what the Lord said. For he says, in a favourable time I listened to you and in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So today, so since Jesus died for us, our sins, today has been the day of salvation. We, we put, Paul's saying, we put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found in our, with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance and afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labours, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love by truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honour and dishonour, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet are true. As unknown, yet we are known. As dying, and behold, we live. As punished, and yet not killed. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, yet possessing everything. So, Paul's obviously living quite the exciting life. And... Um, you know, that's not just for Paul either. And that doesn't mean that we seek these things to, to go out of our way to be persecuted. Or, but it kind of shows me that when you do pursue holiness, when you do set yourself apart, these things will actually happen. So it almost, to me, when I read this, I'm like, is any of this stuff happening in my life? And it's like a litmus test. And... I mean, I'm encouraged. It's hard to read sometimes, you know. When, when the, but the Lord convicts and he corrects those who he loves. So if you read the word and you get convicted, you're loved. So then he goes on to say, we have spoken to you freely, Corinthians. And I think he's, Paul's um, kind of talking about the um, rebuke he gave to the Corinthians in the previous book, First uh, Corinthians, I think. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. So I think even in that, there's a challenge that we are only restricted by our own affections. We're not actually restricted restricted by the church we're in, the situation we're in, the minister that preaches to us. We're not restricted. 
we can't at the at the day of the Lord we can't go it was his fault we're own we're only restricted by our own affections and so Paul then says you know widen your hearts also to to the Corinthians widen your hearts individually each of you widen your hearts <clears throat> he then continues do not be unequally yoked with un- unbelievers for what partnership has right- righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness what accord has Christ with Belial or wickedness or Satan or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever what agreement has the temple of God with idols and so if we go back to that image of the tent, the, the tabernacle that was in the story of Exodus, this was a holy place. The Holy of Holies was a holy place and God only set apart certain people that could enter and they, have to, they had to consecrate themselves. They had to clothe themselves in the right clothes. Otherwise they would die. And so even they would have bells at the bottom of their, their, you know, their clothes so and a, and a rope tied so someone could pull them out if they, if they die, but if they didn't follow this order, this this whole, this this order of consecration and um, and pursue this holiness, they could die. And what was in that holy of holies was the ark, right? And in that was the law. And so that's what was holy about it was the law of God, and now that law is written on our hearts, right? And so your heart is now that holy place. And so practically, if I take any object and introduce it into my life, you know, if I know, if I know that it's not been made by the Lord, you know, if I take um, a piece of music or a movie or a piece of literature, you know, <laughs> and intentionally put it in that place, I'm desecrating that temple. That temple is now within our hearts, right? And so I think the Lord is wanting us to consecrate ourselves, to make ourselves holy again. And I know in my own life, I haven't pursued this. I haven't thought... You know, I thought, well, once I'm saved, then God's got me sorted. He's done all the work. I don't need to do anything. But actually, we're to co-labor with the Lord, and we are actually supposed to pursue this holiness. We're supposed to pursue righteousness. Yeah, so, for we are the temple of the living God, and God said, and now Paul's quoting Ezekiel, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I, will make, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So this is talking about us now. We are his people, and, we, and we've been set apart again. <laughs> when you come to Christ, you are set apart. You are actually removed from this world. You are still in the world, but you are not of the world, And as the word says. So you are actually set apart. You become a holy temple. And so as we walk around, you know, when people want to inquire of the Lord, they should be able to come to you and the Lord living in you, right? And us being the tent, we should be able to 
to speak to them for the Lord. Um, and so if we're not doing that, then what, what does that actually say about our tent? You know, if we aren't producing fruit or we aren't producing a life of holiness, then what is that actually saying about our hearts, like the state of our hearts? You can only prove the tree by the fruit, right? You, that's the type of tree this is. It's the type of fruit that it produces. Therefore, go out of their midst and be separate, and be separate from them, says the Lord. And touch no unclean thing; then I will welcome you. So, even in that, there's like an an exhortation. He's saying, "Don't touch anything unclean, and then I will welcome you." So, you know, even the idea of a a momentary salvation and then you don't have to do anything and then the Lord will welcome you is not the right idea. We are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling over our whole life. We're just to pursue a level of holiness that the Lord requires of us. And and so on that day, he does not say to us, depart from me. Then I will welcome you and I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. And, and there's a similar scripture in the book of Revelations, chapter 18, verse th- uh, 3 to 4. For all nations have drunk the wine of the passions, the passion of your sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of your luxurious living. And then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you ta- take part in her sins lest you share in her plagues. So the Lord's saying, come out, set yourself apart. Be holy as I am holy. Remove yourself from the world. Um, The way the world does things, the way the world, what the world pursues. Like our hearts are are supposed to be a holy, holy place for the living God. And this is also the same image in the Exodus account of being removed from from slavery. So God called out the Israelites. Some of them didn't even go. They didn't want to go. So the Israelites got removed. And then they spent 40 years in the desert, which I think is a great picture of us, right? So you get, you get saved, you get baptized through the sea. And, but then it's not over then. You still have to learn to rely and to trust on God and you have to inquire of him and you have to follow his cloud. You have to follow the Holy Spirit. And only, only some of them, unfortunately, made it into the promised land. And because they didn't keep up with these, um, these things that the Lord asked them to do and... Um, or they lost faith, or they they doubted. So I really, yeah, I really feel like the Lord's calling a new level of holiness. He he certainly is in my life, and He's challenging me in lots of ways. I mean, one way personally for me, <clears throat> as um, most of you know, I tattooed f- for nine years of my life, and I'm not going to debate whether tattooing is against the law or not in God's eyes but for me 
it was a hindrance between me being holy. The lifestyle of it wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for my family. And so I knew that the Lord was calling me out and he was saying, basically, yeah, you need to give that up. And for a long time, I actually fought it because a lot of my Christian friends would say, oh, you know, no, it's all right. You don't, you know, there's nothing in the Bible that says you don't have to do that, which might sound like good advice, but, you know, sometimes Satan comes as an angel of light and he speaks, people don't speak to you intentionally uh, as though they are Satan, but sometimes their intention is grounded in wrong things and they're not listening to the Holy Spirit the way you should be listening to the Holy Spirit. You know, so in each of your lives, you should be listening to what the Lord requires of you. And for some of it, for some of you, it might be a huge sacrifice. For some of you, it might only be little. But if we don't listen to the to the Lord, um, yeah, we might not make it. Um, I mean. I've spent most of my life being away from the Lord and also being a lukewarm Christian. And I don't, I don't want that anymore. Like, what is the point? I might as well build my kingdom here now. If I'm going to be lukewarm, build my kingdom and enjoy it, you know? But what's the point in that? I know if I truly believe in eternity and the, the promises and the riches God has for me, waiting for me, then I should invest in that. And whatever is coming between you and that promise and that um, that reward, I say, get rid of it. So yeah, I, I I mean, I don't know exactly what it looks like to be fully set apart, but we have some great examples, you know. If we just look at the Bible and we look at Jesus' life, his life was fully set apart. And even the apostles. And the evidence was clear. I mean, they got beaten, they got jailed, they got persecuted, people hated them because they didn't dilute truth. They lived holy in their lives. And people hated it. People will actually be disgusted by holiness because it's, it's not the deed, it's the inside, it's the heart, it's the, you know, when you start to walk out a holy life, it will offend people. And so we should be people of offense and not in a mean way, not as the world would say offensive, like cruel and things like that, but that we should live in such a way, in such a holiness that it does offend people when they encounter you. And if that means losing friends, then... (laughs) Isn't an internal reward much greater than a momentary friend? So that's 2 Corinthians 6, and then Paul moves on in chapter 7. Since we have these promises of salvation and eternal life with our resurrection... Oh, sorry, I added that note in there. So since we have these promises, which is salvation and eternal life, with our resurrected bodies. Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. I mean, if you're not challenged by that, 
I mean, I, I can't honestly read the word and not think that I don't have to give up anything. That Jesus has done it all. Obviously, he paid the, paid the eternal price for my sin. But he hasn't completed me on at, at the moment. I still have to work out my salvation. I still have to... Um, you know, work it out in the fear of the Lord. And so we are to fear the Lord because ultimately he's the one who can take our soul. You know, man could throw a rock at you, could kill you, but that's all he can do. The Lord is the one we actually should fear because he's the one who will can take your soul, kill your soul, or cast it out. So yeah, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of the body and spirit. So, you know, if we use the image of the temple and how holy and sacred that place was, and the Israelites knew that, no one wanted to go in there for fear of dying. And so we should treat our hearts the same. We should treat our hearts the same with that same awe that same holiness that Jesus has made our hearts that holy. He is that high priest. He is that sacrificial lamb that died to make our hearts holy. And so we should treat it like that daily. It's hard. It's hard <laughs> to kill to kill the flesh every day. It's so hard. Like it's. You know, you get up in the morning and you literally have to do it then. You actually have to kill the flesh straight away, otherwise you're going to struggle through the day. It's so hard, but actually the more you do it, <clears throat> the easier it does get. You know, and, and you can kill it by praying, reading the word, fasting, you know, talking about the Lord. Just these little things that you can add to your, to your day that actually kill the flesh without trying harder to stop sinning so it's not about trying harder to stop sinning or to to purifying yourself as in through deeds or to stop doing the things it's actually pursuing holiness pursuing righteousness and then those things will just fall away and I know from my life that is how it works I'm walking testimony of that so I've got a couple more scriptures just to read and then I thought it would be good to have like just a moment of of um, time with the Lord if, if anyone wanted to get things straight to set their house in order to spring clean. Um, you know, th- this is what the altar's for. Um, I mean, you can do it in your seat, but there's something about surrendering, getting up, um, making an effort, um, I think sometimes even just in the simple getting out of your seat is what does it. It's not even the moment here. It's the surrender in your heart first. And so this is First Peter um, one thirteen to 16. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, let your hope fully set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, 
Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And I can just read about Jesus to get an idea of how that looks. And this one is First Thessalonians 4, 3-7. to For this is the will of God, your, sanctifi- your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honour, not in the passions of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress a wrong no one transgressed and wronged his brother in this matter because the Lord is an avenger in all of these things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity but in holiness. You know, as the Gentiles do, we as a, as a body of people are Gentiles, you know, um, so we have to stop being the way we were. And that's going to look extremely different to our friends, to, to our work, to our colleagues. It's going to look extremely different. It's going to be uncomfortable for them too. You know, if we're pursuing holiness, it's going to be uncomfortable. And some people, if you pursue holiness, you might even get fired because you, you'll be offensive. Um, you know, in, in the pursuit of holiness, you're going to have to speak the truth without diluting it. You know, and the truth is a beautiful thing because it leads people to genuine repentance. If you dilute truth, people aren't going to repent and you're basically condemning them to hell. It's, it's hard, you know. <laughs> Everyone's sweating? I am. <laughs> it's by the grace of God that we can be holy it's the fact that God is overflowing in love God is full maximum capacity there is no room or nothing needed in God so grace is an overflow of that his love is overflowing. His cup is overflowing, right? So he doesn't need us, right? The overflow of him, our Lord, is what we live in, you know, his grace. And so for then to us, for us to then take that in vain is not <laughs> good. If we get revealed these things, we should take it seriously, you know? This, we, you know, our hearts have been made holy, so let's walk that out. Let's pursue it. Yeah, he calls us to imitate us. I think even Paul directly says it. I'm not sure, but yeah, be imitators, right? So we should imitate holiness. We should imitate Jesus. You know, some some of you might be focused on your own problems or or have slowly over time made yourself the center and your problems the center and the focus is yourself and your surroundings 
and which I have done 90% of my life and it's time to remove ourselves right to remove our, our doubts our worries our, um, our sin and to set God up in the centre to set him and his law that is printed on our hearts at the centre right you know the law is done with us in the sense that the law that was given to the Israelites but Jesus fulfilled that law and then wrote it on our hearts not of stone but of flesh right and so the law is actually growing (laughs) that it is actually harder because the law said thou shalt not murder but now it says even if you think with hatred you are a murderer so Jesus has installed the law on our hearts the um, the reason why he gave those those the reason why he wrote those things down he gave us the deeper reason why those things are wrong and that's what he's printed on our hearts so that we need to to be to be obedient to that yeah we've we've been living in the last days right since since Jesus ascended this time is the last days and the time is ripe for getting your house in order for getting your tent in order and it doesn't matter what you look like here on Sunday no one ultimately no one cares about that really what does matter is what you look like to God during the week what you look like to God in your hearts all the time these faces aren't going to be facing me in the day of judgment I'm not you aren't going to be looking at me it's just going to be me and the Lord right so why should I worry about offending someone or why should I worry about looking silly and and being humble to the Lord and surrendering why should I look silly why should I worry about looking silly right and so I, I challenge us you know through the week is to is to pursue that is to I mean, I, I had a dream actually a long time ago. I think I just this came to my mind that I told you about. I had a dream of I can't actually recall the exact thing, but I remember that people from CV were putting things in boxes. You remember that, and <clears throat> that everyone was storing, hoarding basically things in boxes under the church, under the in the basement, and I saw a, a light and a candle, and someone put the box on top of the candle to stop the light and I believe that that is significant of some of our the state of some of our hearts is that the things we've known that God has wanted us to fix confess make right we've just kind of no one will see it back here no one will see it under this box if I just knock it under the basement but God is going to see that you know God is going to see that he does see it, so we and we can't hide from him. So, I believe this spring, this new season that James is this refreshing. I believe the refreshing comes when you put your things in order. It might be hard, it might be painful at first, but 
it's a must to to feel alive again you first have to fully die to yourself so we have to put aside we have to make right we have to pursue holiness and I believe that when we do that things will happen the Lord will move and so yeah I guess how it, pra- how it plays out practically in each individual's life is not something I can address or your brother or sister can address it's something that you have to do between you and the Lord and everyone will know what they actually have to address so be be a people set apart in your heart first pursue holiness and let holiness manifest itself in your works examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith test yourselves or do you not realise this is about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail to meet the test that's 2 Corinthians 13.5 so it's a great challenge right to examine yourself to test yourself between you and God and pursue holiness it is hard it is hard I've been challenged. I know for me personally, the Lord, since the, the, the first lockdown was a time of exposure for me between God and, and the Holy Spirit gave me zero wiggle room. He was like, you're, you're fixing this or you're out, basically. That, was my, that is what he said to me. And I fought, I fought him, I wrestled with him. And, you know, Fenner and myself, we've had huge time of healing and I couldn't hold on to those things I knew God wanted me to fix. It could be apathy. It could be laziness. It could be greed. It could be idolatry. It could be sexual immorality, impurity of any kind. And you only you know, and you do know, we all know what those things are. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I just feel like but there is joy after that right so even though it sounds hard actually there's a there's a scripture that um, I actually just want to find it because it, it is in Second Corinthians again and it's um, it's like um, yeah Paul obviously rebukes the Corinthians for something I think it might be sexual immorality Um, don't quote me on that but I yeah 2nd Corinthians 7 so you might be grieved maybe I don't know with the Holy Spirit what the Holy Spirit's saying to you this morning maybe it's confronted some people but as it is I rejoice not because you were grieved but because you were grieved into repenting for you felt a godly grief so that you suffered no loss through us for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret so no regret if you submit to the Lord you will not regret the peace and the 
uh, yeah, his peace beyond understanding is priceless. And his eternal gift of salvation is priceless. And it's not worth holding on to anything, any little niggling thing that we might hold on to. So I just want to um, pray. I mean, I've got a song queued up about holiness, Refiner's Fire. I'm sure a lot of you know that. I think it's actually a vineyard song. But um, yeah, I just welcome you to to get out um, if you if you feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in that way. And you might be you might have been a Christian all your life and go, well, if someone sees me getting out, do they think I'm a bad person? Or it's like, don't even consider those thoughts. Like, if the Holy Spirit wants you to get your life in order, even if it's the tiniest little thing, just do it. I encourage you. Um, yeah, so, Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your Son. Thank you, Father, for that Jesus died for us on the cross and your grace, Father, gives us this opportunity to actually get right with you, Lord, that we were we were wandering and we were lost, Father, and that your grace and what you did for us is sufficient, Lord God. And so we want to honour you, Lord. We want to cleanse ourselves, to sanctify ourselves, Father, to set ourselves apart, Lord, to set ourselves apart from the world, Lord God, even though we know we still live in it, Lord, that Lord, that you set us apart, you call us out, Lord, so that we can be different. So, yeah, Lord, I, I ask that your Holy Spirit would minister to us, Lord God, and convict us, Father, correct us. We welcome your correction, Lord, because we want communion with you, Lord. We want to be whole and holy with you, Lord God.